Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast. Hosted by Bunny Pounds, this podcast is created as part of our ministry to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to help us engage our hearts in some form of civic education and involvement for the well-being of our nation. Please share this podcast and our ministry with your family and friends by asking them to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. They can take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. We can all change America one heart at a time. We are here to serve you and empower you to be a leader in your community. Each week, we upload the audio recording of our weekly Psalms Bible study. This week, we covered Psalm 66. To sign up for the Bible study, visit our website at christiansengaged.org and click on the Bible study tab. Okay, good morning, everybody. We are in Psalm 66. Uh, Those of you who do not know me, I don't know how you would know me at this point, but I'm Bunny, uh, president of Christians Engage, and this is our weekly Bible study that we have been doing this for uh, two and a half years. I can't believe that. Um, Since uh, really, well, no, it's been one and a half years since the beginning of 2021. So We are studying the book of Psalms. We went through Nehemiah and now we're back to Psalms. And I love our Psalms Bible study because there's two of us each week. And so you get different perspectives and it's really fun how everybody comes to the the word of God and God speaks to everybody uniquely. So today I'm joined with uh, U.S. Congressman Michael Cloud, who's on our advisory board for Christians Engaged. Michael and Roselle have been an integral part of this vision and what we're doing with this ministry. He serves down in Victoria, Corpus Christi, Bastrop, all the way from Bastrop County down to the coastal bend of Texas. Um, if you live anywhere yep. down there and what, how many counties do you have now, now with redistricting? Uh, with redistricting, it'll be 14. So 14 yeah. counties. So we're excited to have him. Uh, Michael's a Oral Roberts University graduate, was the media director at his church at Faith Family Church in Victoria for over a decade. And then got involved politically as a GOP chairman and ran for the Senate Republican Executive Committee and the state state uh, for the state party um, and then ran for Congress. So and God <laughs> had favor on you, brother, and got you in the halls of Congress. So how is everything in Congress, first of all? <laughs> well, we certainly are in a uh, in a uh, very very poignant time for our nation for sure uh and and we have a lot of work to do in congress to kind of push back on really the left side of a lot of the marxist agenda that's going forth which uh, i don't want to get too political on, on this bible study but a lot of it does relate to worldview and, and how we view the world and principles that are we know make nations work and and those that don't um and and so a lot of work to to shore up those values that our nation were built upon that have led to tremendous success and really human flourishing here at home and around the world. 
That is right. And um, you have to come to our wake up conference, September 23rd and 24th. Guys, tomorrow, we're only 30 days away at that point, a month. Uh, Congressman Cloud will be speaking, headlining our luncheon that day, which is open. Um, You can get a general ticket plus lunch or you can get a VIP ticket that includes all of that. Um, And then Roselle will be doing our Pledge of Allegiance and uh, they'll be speaking um, also on our government panel Saturday afternoon. So check all that out at the Wake Up Conference. Okay, Congressman, I'm going to read the psalm um, and then you can share whatever's on your heart. and We'll just kind of go back and forth. Sound good? Sounds great. Yeah. Okay. So Psalm 66, guys, um, make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of his power, his enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall welcome you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing through the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the the river on foot. There we will rejoice in him. He rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nations. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Let's pause and think about it. Oh, praise our God, you people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver as refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. I will go into your house with burned offerings. I will pay you my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer you burnt offerings of fat animals with the sweet aroma of rams. I will offer bulls with goats. Selah, come in here, all who, all you who fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me, and he has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Selah. Amen. All right, Congressman, I would love to hear your thoughts on this great psalm. Well, obviously, this is a very encouraging psalm and one that just reminds us of the wonderful things that God has done, uh, as many of the psalms are. But, you know, especially in times like we live in and and it's good to remember that God is in control. And uh, this shows that in a lot of different ways. I, I think it's really interesting that kind of step back and even before going verse by verse necessarily, there's a lot of verses here that just stand out. But but the flow of it, I think, is interesting in, the, in that it starts off in the first several verses, and I think verse 1 through 7, and it's really talking about like God's role in the earth and mankind. And the things we hear like, you know, sing for joy all the earth. And so it's nations, it's mankind, it's this larger perspective of, of God being in control of all of earth, all of uh, all the earth bows down to you, it says in verse four. They sing praises to your name. Um, you know, we see that kind of thing going on. Uh, and then 
and then it moves toward a little more personal. It's still collective, but but uh, a little smaller scope in the sense it says, come, let us see what God has done. So it moves from the big nations and all that to us and our and uh, uh, whether that's family or it could be a church or a community or, or whatever. But it's it's kind of a little smaller, a little more personal. Come, let us see what God's done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He's turned. He's done all this stuff for us, you know. And then finally, we get to verse thirteen, and it comes really personal. You know, it says, "I will do this. I will go into your temple with an offering. I will do this. Come see what. Come, everybody, hear what God's done for me. You know, and and let me praise you." So, just uh, I think it's a good reminder to keep all those things in perspective. You know, sometimes we can think, "Oh, God's in control of the earth," but He's not personal for me or sometimes especially in our culture and a lot of times in american church sometimes we get it in reverse where you know we have such an i culture iphone i this i that we we put a little i in front of jesus it's i jesus in a, in a sense you know? it's, it's my personal jesus but he does rule the world you know and uh to keep that that perspective uh in sense i i think this is just really healthy in a sense how it goes through this and reminds us all of all that and kind of starts with a the big picture and then moves to the very, very personal aspect of it. I think it's really, just really interesting. I love how the bird is chip chirping in your backyard there. <laughs> well, welcome it to my back patio. This is it's yes. kinda it's kinda puts it all in perspective <laughs> that God is in charge of the earth and even the, the birds are singing their praises, right? Um, yeah. Those of us up here in Dallas Fort Worth were um we're getting flooding and it's been raining nonstop for like 24 hours. So uh, we're, we're seeing the creation of God in another, another fashion. Um, but yeah, I have some questions for you, but I'm going to, I'm going to share this. You know, I looked at the history of this Psalm. Um, most in Jewish tradition, they believe that it was a Psalm written for the Passover with, which is really makes sense that there's two parts here, celebrating the huge victory and the bigness of God, delivering the children of Israel out of Egypt taking them out of the hand of Pharaoh, right? And then secondly, to declare the vow and the sacrifices that they would give God after seeing his goodness again. Right. And, and and I think that really puts in perspective for us that, you know, we have to see God's goodness. We have to have this, you know, and, and I know for many of us, so both of us kind of grew up in church, but also had, you know, salvation experiences we could go back to and go, you know, I know I met God or right. I saw God in that moment. Right. 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 But I know everybody experiences uh, God differently. Some of us, you know, some people have like my husband had a dramatic salvation experience. Some of us have more of a gradual, you know, coming to the knowledge of God. Um, but, you know, what happens to us when we see him, when our eyes are really open? right? To how good he is. How does that change our hearts and lives? Yeah, well, uh, there's a scripture that says it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Uh, and and it's so interesting because sometimes we think of the stern God up there with, you know, the old tra traditional picture of a lightning bolt kind of <laughs> just waiting for you to mess up. And, you know, but uh, really when God is trying to grow us and mature us, it's because of his goodness. It's because of what he knows is awaiting for us uh, as we grow and as we mature and as we learn to walk with him. And um, I, I do think it's interesting that when you get to the scripture, it says uh, in verse 18, it says, um, come and let me tell you what he's done for me. But then it actually, the next couple of verses are actually still what we're doing for him. It's I cried unto him 
with praise in my tongue. Uh, and then it talks about, you know, us getting sin out of our heart and those kind of things so God can hear our, our, our voice. And then it finally says, basically, he heard my prayer. He didn't reject me, you know. Um, and so there's there's a process sometimes to these sorts of things um, and us realizing that this is a maturing process. Uh, even having answered prayers is, is a maturing process. You know, um, there are those moments where God does uh, an amazing thing. And like you said, there's those dramatic testimonies, but, but the walk of faith throughout um, a believer who's maturing is a process and it's a growing is I remember that old song we used to sing in Sundays. He's still working on me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to make me what he wants me to be. <laughs> um and uh, it's funny, the next, the next line of that is it took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. You know, so you, again, you're reminded of that big, powerful, awesome God, but yet uh, he's still working on us individually and personally as well through the, through the process of, of us having a faith that's committed to him and devoted and, uh, and just putting in those daily habits as well. Well, I was thinking about, you know, again, I've, I think when we all meet the Lord and definitely the coming out of Egypt was a dramatic uh, experience for those Israelites that they were after sure. 400 years of bondage were now mm -hmm. being delivered. And the Passover story is such an important story for all of us um, in the, in the Christian faith and the Jewish faith, but that God delivers them and then sets them in a good place, gives them manna, right? Feeds them all this stuff. But I was thinking what is one of the most dramatic stories of salvation in the Bible is Saul, right? Becoming Paul. And here he is, you know, breathing. If you look this, look, you can read it in Acts 9, but, you know, Paul's like murdering the disciples of the Lord. I mean, he's standing there watching Stephen get stoned, Right. Um, mm -hmm. And then he's on his road to Damascus, uh, carrying letters to, you know, find the people of the way, the Christ followers. Right, right. <laughs> and he falls on the ground because he sees this light and he hears a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Um, he's like, who are you, Lord? Um, mm -hmm. I'm Jesus, whom you persecuted. Um, and he's trembling. He's astonished. He falls to the ground and he instantly says, Lord, what would you have me do? What do you want me to do? I mean, it's a perfect example that mm -hmm. he saw the Lord and he's instantly in his heart going, mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. what is the call right. on your my life that you right. have? And then he goes to this journey, you know, and can you imagine what it would have been like for the persecuted church of the first century to go? Um, I don't know if I can receive this dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He was just killing people, and now he wants right. to be a part of us. Right. Yeah. Is he a spy? Is he a mole? Is he just trying to get in the crowd and figure out who everybody is? I mean, the questions that must have gone through their mind, you know. Uh, and, and then for him, re realizing that the revelation was supposed to lead to some sort of action, uh, I think is pretty, uh, pretty neat as well. Uh, you know, and you look in these great moments and. And, you know, you mentioned the opening of the, the Red Sea and all these kind of things, uh, you, you know, and sometimes you you read those scriptures and a lot of times those big miracles will be once one chapter apart, uh, not realizing that sometimes there's 20, 30 years of just persevering in between might be 10, 12 scriptures, you know, uh, and it seems like this is happening all the time. And there are those neat moments that we can hold on to. And scripture even talks about remembering those key moments that God does stuff in your life. But 
there's also the walking out of it and realizing that we have a role to play and that there's stuff for us to do. Uh, and then Psalm 66 reminding us that God's with us through it all. There's a, a scripture where, uh, what was it, verse 12, I think, uh, um, says, yeah, you let, uh, you let people write over it. It says, we went through the fire and water and you brought us to a place of abundance. Uh, reminds me of a scripture in Isaiah that talks about it. It's Isaiah 43. It says, we'll go through the waters. They won't overcome us. The rivers, they won't come uh, overcome us. We'll go through the fire. We won't be burned. Uh, and, and you'll take us through those things. You know, Psalms 23 talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes, you know, we get this idea like, okay, we have this miracle moment. Uh, and then everything's going to be great for here on out. <laughs> But, but it's a journey, uh, and it's a journey that we can just know that God's with us on. Yeah, it's in a powerful journey. And and I was reading back because I got really interested. I, I, some, I went on this crazy tangent studying this about murderers that came to Jesus. Like, right. So I, wow. I found this <laughs> I found this story because, I mean, it, you know, we don't really put we think, oh, that was cool about Paul. But we don't really put it in what that would feel like in our generation. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I read this story. I don't know if you know this, that supposedly Jeffrey Dahmer came to faith before he got murdered in prison. Had you ever heard that? I I had not, no. So, you know, here's this famous murderer, right, in the 1990s that, mm. you know, dismembered and killed like 17 young men. And this um, Church of Christ pastor uh, went to the prison, Roy Ratcliffe. There was a whole, there's a whole article mm. in Christianity Today about it, how he got to lead him to Jesus and he would call him by his first name, um, you know, like as a real person, treating him like a real person and then baptized him. Um, mm. And it's really shocking. Right. And, yeah. you know, whether we agree, believe that or not, but it, I, I, you have this visceral reaction. I don't know, God, if you can save Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, that's just right, right. kind of like this this idea about Paul. I mean, how these people would have reacted to that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in verse three of this Psalm, it says through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. Right. I mean, here's Mm -hmm. the enemies of God, the people that have done the worst things. uh, They're either going to submit to God here on earth, or they're going to submit to God (laughs) at the final judgment, one Mm -hmm. of the two. Um, But the fact is that the, it should bring us all a lot of hope for me. I know verse seven, I can't imagine you walking the halls of Congress um, probably brings me a lot of hope that he rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nations um, mm-hmm. that everything happening in the nations. Uh, he ultimately knows, you know, mm-hmm. he ultimately sees it all. Um, mm-hmm. And I know I've seen a little yeah. bit. I can't imagine what you've seen in Washington, DC, but you know, that God knows about what's happening, you know, even the things we don't know or we haven't uncovered. Um, he knows the reality of what's happening. Um, but Philippians 2 says, you know, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right. Um, and that should give us a lot of um comfort. Um, the last thing I just wanted to bring up was my favorite, one of my favorite um, passages from the Bible is definitely part of my call, individual call is 2 Corinthians 5, um, 13 through 17. Oh, sorry. Fifth, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. And it starts with, 
Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay. We love to quote that part. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go on the Michael Cloud uh, tangent and say, we would like to read the Bible in parts, right? All right. Um, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Right. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to them the word of reconciliation. Then it goes on. This is my scripture of my life. One of them. Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. Just catch that visual. God's pleading through us as ambassadors. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And this goes back to Psalm 66 here. Come and hear all who fear God, and I will declare what he's done for my soul. It's a should be a direct reaction. You know, I'm I'm not an evangelist. I mean, I'm not. I'm not an intercessor. <laughs> Everybody wants to put me in boxes. You're a pastor, all these things. No, I'm not an evangelist, but I lead people to Jesus, right? We're going to talk about this at our (laughs) conference. Uh, My message at the conference, sir, is going to be the gospel is uh, preeminent. (laughs) Yeah, the gospel is preeminent above everything we do. Um, and And I'm not an intercessor. I don't spend hours and hours in prayer, but I love prayer, right? As we all should. And I'm Mm -hmm. not a pastor, but yet I love people, right? So this should be the direct reaction to our life of becoming a new creation. And I I think Psalm 66 brings that out so clearly. Once he's delivered us through the water and the fire, he's delivered Mm -hmm. us, right, to live before Mm -hmm. him in that place of his temple and worship before him. Yeah, what you're saying is right, because a lot of times people will be like, oh, I'm not called to the ministry because I'm not called to one of, you know, the big the big five, right? Uh, titles. Uh, but, but I mean, the church is really clear. And I've, I've seen this before, you know, we're, we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. We're all called to bringing restoration uh, and to being ambassadors of the kingdom of God and whatever, whatever our circle of influence is, you know, whether that's the workplace, the school place, wherever it is, just to be that light, you know, don't hide it under a bushel, you know, and, and if we're living naturally, that light will shine. You know, if we're living uh, our, our faith naturally, you know, it's not even something we have to force. We just have to let it happen. You know, um, let our light shine. Don't hide it, you know, um, and and to be that minister of reconciliation and to realize, you know, that that personal role to our faith, that, that collective role to our faith, our community, our church, and, and then recognizing uh, God's in charge of the world uh, as well, too. And I can tell you, you know, as I process and look at what's going on in the news and those sorts of things. Um, it doesn't, uh, sometimes we can uh, absolve our, ourselves of the, our personal responsibility. Sometimes we'll just say, oh, God's in charge. Hey, Sarah, Sarah, that's not, that's not right. the balance of scripture. Um, recognizing he's in charge should give us hope, but uh, should also be motivate us to be that ambassador, to be involved, to do our part, to represent the kingdom that God's trying to bring and establish here on earth. And, and those principles that, you know, we know uh, our God, the principles, but also pragmatically do bring uh, human flourishing and, and into life and into communities. Um, and so 
we have a, an amazing opportunity to be a part of that and just recognizing that I, I think is it's the start. Well, and a big testimony, sir, as we recorded this on-ramp to civic engagement seminar um, back in April, end of April, and we put it out first of July, and you're on that um, product, which is so great to have you <laughs> and, and State Representative Matt Schaefer be a part of that recording. But we had um, like yeah. 60 people sign up just this week for that recording, for that video oh, curriculum. Wow. Yeah. So people good. are getting their hands on it. And, and this is a perfect product to take people from you know, being awakened, being, you know, carrying a burden for their nation, but then actually mm-hmm. figuring out how they can be that salt and light in our community and take Jesus um, in those mm-hmm. spaces um, as you and Roselle have done so well in your life. So well, why don't you, yeah. uh, why don't you pray, pray for us quickly? And then I want to end by praying for you and your family as well, as we get off of here. And I just want to encourage everybody to please cover Michael and Roselle Cloud and their beautiful family, Ian, Zoe, Kent, um, their beautiful children in their, in your prayers as they go mm-hmm. as missionaries to Washington, D.C. every week. Um, so sorry yeah. that Labor Day is coming up soon and you're going to have to go back to D.C. <laughs> I'm oh, sure it's yeah. great being in the district for a few weeks. It's well, and you mentioned we had, we, I think you mentioned we had our staff down, uh, this last week, I always say we like to bring our DC staff down to Texas to remind everybody what freedom smells like. But uh, <laughs> so, no, but had a good time of planning and, and getting things ready. And of course, uh, it's always good to connect with the people who you represent. You know, our first job is to listen. And so we have to do that. But, you know, to your point on the importance of study, I, I'm reminded of Paul reminding Timothy to study to show yourselves approved so that we won't be a workman who needs to be ashamed and the importance of us gearing ourselves up into finding out how and studying and not, you know, being very intentional about how we process uh, our role as ambassadors. I think it's really, really important, but uh, I'll go ahead and pray. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. So we thank you for the opportunity to, to join together, spend a few moments in your word. We know that it's your word that brings life. It can bring direction. Uh, it can bring encouragement and health and healing and all these wonderful things. Uh, Lord, help us to, to study your scripture to show yourselves approved, to put your word in us that we can be the light. And, and God, show us in big and in small ways as we go throughout our day and our week how we can be a light, um, we can be an ambassador, we can be effective in representing you and spreading your kingdom uh, and your truth and love throughout the world around us. In your name we pray. Amen. Lord, I just pause and we just thank you, Lord, for everyone listening to this Bible study. If they have come to to faith in in your son, Lord, that you've delivered us from darkness into light and you've created us to be ambassadors of your kingdom, Lord. And we just pray for everyone in our life that does not know you, Lord, that they would they would come to faith and that we, we would you would use us, Lord, for your glory to bring people into relationship with you. God, we just thank you for um for everything that you've done in our life, Lord, just in this Psalm, Lord, rejoicing, declaring, um, extolling your goodness. Um, we thank you that you are watching over the nation, this nation, our nation, God, you know, what's happening and Lord, you're ultimately in control, but Lord, we want to have a place in this story of what you're doing in the earth, God. And thank you for using us, calling us by your name and using us in this generation, um, for such a time as this. 
Lord, I just cover um, Congressman Cloud and Roselle and Ian, Kent and Zoe, their precious family, God, um, for you. Lord, I thank you that you sent him to Washington, D.C. to be light in a dark place. And Lord, we thank you for just encouraging him and his colleagues that are standing on truth, standing on biblical values, standing um, for for America and American exceptionalism um, in that place, God, and that you will continue to strengthen them by your spirit, Lord, that you will protect them and God, that you will give them more, more people in their ranks, God, that will um, just, just be strong in that place of boldness. And Lord, we thank you for it. We bless you. We pray blessings over them above and beyond what they could ask or think in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, we will see you in a month. I cannot believe we're a month from our conference. I mean, this is exciting. So we've got a whole bunch of people. I think we're over 250 people signed up so far. We can reach 600 guys at um, Church in the City. So we want to see you guys. We've got um, radio ads happening on um, 660 a.m. and the Word FM up here in Dallas-Fort Worth over the next month. So we would love for you guys to join us um, Friday night. Eric Metaxas, uh, Will Ford, Matt Lockett, Rafael Cruz, myself, and then Congressman Cloud and Roselle will be with us um, for uh, breakouts on Saturday morning. And then we'll have um, extended worship Saturday morning. Doug Stringer from Houston. Oh, man. IFA, Dave and Chris Cabal, uh, Elizabeth Johnston. So the whole morning session on Saturday morning is all about the church. Um, and then we're going to have Congressman Cloud and our government officials like Wayne Christian and Senator Bob Hall and Matt Schaefer all be at the lunch. And then we go into government, ending with Dr. Robert Jeffers. So we are mm. super stoked. It's going to be nonstop <laughs> action, guys. So um, just think about it like the CPAC for the church. That's kind of um, <laughs> the wake up conference is the feel of the wake up conference. And we've got so many friends from First Liberty the Time to Revive, the Human Coalition, all of our partners in the 501c3 space all joining us um, for the conference. So can't wait to see you, sir. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a blast. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So we'll see you guys there September 23rd and 24th. And thank you again, Congressman Cloud, for coming on and blessing us this morning. Yeah, you too. Good to be with you. God bless okay. you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, please review it and share it with your friends. The easiest way to connect with us is to take the pledge on our website at christiansengage.org. There you can sign up for our weekly prayer text, our bi-weekly emails, and our voting reminders. Christians Engaged is supported by individuals just like you. Would you consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift? You can do that quickly at christiansengaged.org. What does America need in this hour? America needs you. We are here to serve you and encourage you as you impact your communities. Let's be Christians Engaged for the well-being of our nation.